Roku and Google strike a deal. How do the vaccines protect you against Omicron? Congress reaches a deal. Kickstarter moves to blockchain and Visa jumps in the crypto. This is the Running With The Money briefing. Let's get into it. back and welcome to another episode of the running with the money briefing powered by pounding the table now we have to get into it it wasn't a big day when it comes to news but we did get some notable individual headlines that are worth jumping into and we also have some information when it comes to our lovely government you know the government that does nothing and then at the last minute they finally get something done okay my government rant's done either way let's get into the headlines of the day but first i want to know where did the markets finish up well the dow jones closed up 35 NASDAQ up 100 and the S&P 500 up 14. So not all too bad there. Take a look at the sectors that led the market today and what we saw. Communication services, healthcare, real estate, technology, consumer statistical up in the top five performing sectors of the day. Meanwhile, consumer defensive financials and utilities rounding out the bottom. Some very interesting price action today. Really just some consolidation, I would say. After some very large moves to the upside yesterday, simply something to know. Now, shifting into this headline out of Roku and Google. So Roku has reached a new multi-year agreement with Google to keep that YouTube TV and YouTube on their streaming platform. As we know, Google and Roku have been going back and forth for quite a little bit now, um, basically trying to reach a new agreement on keeping the YouTube platform on Roku's streaming platform. Some very interesting stuff there. Now, the financial uh, details of this deal, those were not disclosed. But what we do know is that this deal is going to allow users of Roku, their 56.4 million active users, actually, that's quite a bit uh, of users out of Roku. Well, they're going to be able to use YouTube and YouTube TV directly on Roku's platform as they've been able to in the past. This was a deal. This was a threat out of Google. In fact, Google had previously basically told Roku, look, we're going to pull YouTube and YouTube TV from Roku on December 9th unless we come to a new agreement. And well, they finally came to a new agreement and Roku stock was sent to the upside on this news. You take a look at the performance of Roku today in my oh my, you know, we have Roku up 39 points, up 18%, and in the after hours, it's up another nearly half percent. So this name bouncing after endless weeks of downside, way off highs over 450 bucks a share, simply something to know and pay attention to, a large candle to the upside today over at Roku. Now, what did Google have to say? They go on to say, quote, we're happy to share that we've reached a deal with Roku to continue distributing the YouTube and YouTube TV apps on Roku devices. This means that Roku customers will continue to have access to YouTube and that the YouTube TV app will once again be available in the Roku store for both new and existing members. We are pleased to have a partnership that benefits our mutual users. And that was at Marina DeFleece out of YouTube. And then we also had uh, a statement out of Roku. Roku going on to say, quote, Roku and Google have agreed to a multi-year extension for both YouTube and YouTube TV. This agreement represents a positive development for our shared customers, making both YouTube and YouTube TV available for all streamers on the Roku platform. So a pretty big deal. 
for Roku, obviously sending the stock up nearly 20% today and throughout the session. Now, shifting into this headline out of Pfizer and BioNTech, the two companies coming out today and saying that, look, if you get three doses of the vaccine, you are highly protected. You have a high level of protection against this new Omicron variant. They also noted that two doses, while they do protect against more violent strains of this Omicron variant, um, you're going to want to get a third one to have a high level of protection against it. The CEO of Pfizer, Albert Borla, went on to say in a joint statement, although two doses of the vaccine may still offer protection against severe disease caused by the Omicron strain, it's clear from these preliminary data points that protection is improved with a third dose of our vaccine. So in essence, the two companies coming out and and announcing really preliminary lab results of a most recent study and saying that two doses does provide some protection against this new Omicron variant, but that you're going to want to get a third one and that's going to provide a higher level of protection against this Omicron variant. I guess the net positive is, is we know that these boosters in vaccines do provide some protection against this Omicron variant in the market, taking that as a slight positive possibly today. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls. We have Deutsche Bank reiterating Tesla as a buy going on to say, quote, meanwhile, we will look for Tesla to make strides with the development of its full self-driving system, potentially leading to stronger take rates and improved subscription revenue generation. Deutsche Bank liking Tesla, reiterating it as a buy. And then we also have New Street raising their price target on Tesla to $1,580 per share from $1,298. Going on to say, quote, we expect Tesla to sustainably trade in the 50 to 100 times PE range and probably in the higher end through a strong year. And the stock to therefore end the year at least at $1,580 per share, representing a further 50% upside from recent levels. So a big time price target raise on Tesla to $1,580 from $1,298 out of New Street. And then we have Barclays reiterating Exxon as overweight, going on to say, quote, We are overweight XOM based on rate of change in chemicals and downstream rapid deleveraging and potential shareholder return in the medium term. And once again, that was Barclays liking Exxon, reiterating it overweight. And then we also had Cohen naming Caterpillar a top 2022 idea going on to say, quote, we are modeling for revenue growth, gross and operating margin expansion and EPS increases for these three consecutive years. This would be the first such cycle in 14 years, something that is likely underappreciated. We see potential for revenue opportunities of $35 billion for autonomy in the next 10 years. We estimate that 33% of total revenues can benefit from the infrastructure bill. Cohen liking Caterpillar into and throughout 2022. We also had today's city reiterating FedEx as a buy going on to say, quote, clearly, Investor sentiment has improved during F2Q 2022 on the back of more constructive commentary from the company regarding labor availability. With that in mind, we think F2Q results are likely to exceed consensus expectations and be flat to up sequentially 
from F1Q. So, City expecting some better results going forward and throughout 2022. We also had Morgan Stanley reiterating Netflix is overweight. Going on to say, quote, our overweight rating on Netflix is based on the view that it will scale a large, global, and highly profitable streaming business. This thesis manifests itself in an expectation of roughly 30% EPS CAGR from 2021E through 2025E and even more rapid FCF free cash flow growth. Morgan Stanley liking Netflix, reiterating it overweight. And then we had two final big time analyst calls. Wells Fargo reiterating Amazon is overweight. Going on to say, we remain confident on Amazon's ability to drive penetration of additional retail product categories and key emerging geographies, maintain its lead in cloud computing, and execute against additional opportunities such as online advertising, which we believe offer the company compelling growth and profit characteristics. And then finally, UBS reiterating Apple as a buy, going on to say, quote, compared to last year, wait times or days until available remain elevated for the highest priced iPhone 13 Max in all of the key regions, including the United States, China, Japan, and key markets in Europe. Although we are beginning to see modest improvement in availability on the week-to-week basis in most of the regions, specifically in the U.S. Availability in China shows no signs of improvement, yet UBS continues to like Apple, reiterating it as a buy. Now, shifting into a headline out of Congress, we have Congress reaching a deal, at least in the House, to raise the debt ceiling. As we all know, there's this December 15th deadline on getting this debt ceiling increased because Congress, all not too long ago, approved a $480 billion increase in the nation's debt limit, and that was back in October, and that basically gave them up until December 15th, according to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, in essence, to uh, reach a new deal. So we had the House passing some legislation among party lines, and basically what this does in very simple terms is it tucked this fast-track debt limit process into some Medicare bill, pretty much an unrelated bill, and that will prevent payment cuts to doctors or other health care providers. So in essence, what they have done is they have put this debt limit deal inside an unrelated bill, and then they're going to basically, um, in the Senate, they're going to have to pass that bill, and that is going to allow the Senate to then, from what I understand, and basically from what these uh, reporters are explaining basically will then open the way to coming to a debt ceiling deal here soon. But in essence, we have both parties basically saying, yeah, we need to come to a deal. We're going to come to a deal and we are not going to have a last minute rush. So that is a net positive. And I suppose what this bill is signaling, this House vote 222, the 212, this um, passing of this bill with this fast track debt limit process in it, basically it signals that Congress is coming to a deal and they're going to get something passed to get this debt limit increased. Now shifting into another headline, we have Kickstarter um, and they're moving into the blockchain going in the 2022. So as we all know, if you don't know what Kickstarter is, they're one of those platforms and they're basically a crowdfunding website where if you have a startup, you can go on there and if you have this product and you can basically set up a plan and people can support your company. They can donate or they can purchase or a pre-order and basically that will support your company and generate uh, cash for your company to get started. Very interesting stuff. Well, 
Kickstarter announcing on Wednesday that they plan to unveil a new project that will merge them into blockchain technology. So they have started a separate company, a blockchain company, and this company is basically going to develop the technology for Kickstarter, the shift onto blockchain. And then when it is ready, from the sounds of it, they're hoping in the first half of 2022, basically Kickstarter will move everything over, their whole entire website and platform over to blockchain-based. So another big time or, you know, big time website and funding website moving over onto the blockchain. And this is just another example of adoption of this new blockchain technology. Kickstarter planning to move onto the blockchain sometime first half of 2022. Some awesome stuff there. And then finally, we have Visa launching a crypto advisory unit. So Visa has announced that they are launching a crypto advisory unit and basically what this crypto advisory unit called Visa Global Crypto Advisory Practice, what they're going to do is they're basically going to be a consulting and analytics unit and they're going to help clients um, basically dig into this crypto space and find the best opportunities within the space. They're going to help basically not only Visa, but clients figure out how to add rewards when it comes to crypto in a more efficient way. And basically Visa plans to just further adopt the crypto world and dig in to these stable coins as well and how to best offer um, crypto rewards for card users. So some very cool stuff coming out of Visa. You also had UMB Financial Corporation. They also approached Visa for help on a few things. So Visa launching this crypto advisory unit, furthering their adoption of cryptocurrency. And it's just something we need to know because as we know, this crypto world right now, this blockchain technology world, this Web3 world, it's all about adoption. And the more you see adoption and the more you see this big money jump on this area of the basically economy at the moment, this emerging area of the economy, the better it is. It is a net positive to get big money adoption in Visa jumping even further into this space is another example of big money adoption, basically saying, look, we're going to jump into the space even more. Visa launching a crypto advisory unit, some very big stuff out of Visa when it comes to the crypto world. Either way, that is another episode of the running with the money briefing. Thank you for listening. And we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow to talk the biggest headlines, biggest analyst calls and much more in the meantime go and give my pound in the table team my boys over at pound in the table a listen on spotify or anywhere you listen to podcast including apple podcast and please give me and my team here at running with the money a follow on instagram and facebook or at me at luke donay on twitter if you have any feedback on the show want to see a company deep dived on anything you need or want to say please let us know easily profit trade on and i will see you tomorrow